What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Rest of Season Rankings Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Seifter, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Lauren Arbach. <laughs> Hello, Andrew. Happy Thursday. How happy, are you doing? Happy Thirsty Thursday. Thirsty I'm, Thursday. I'm drinking my iced coffee thirsty here. Thursday? What's that? Okay. All right. I was going to say, I feel like Thirsty Thursdays, it's, you know, like bar related. It's kind of later in the day as opposed to in the morning, which is when we're recording. But I guess you can have a Thirsty Thursday morning, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, when, and, if, and if you're into like English Premier League or whatever, then you know, oh, yeah. you, you, I, that's one of my favorite things to do. I mean, pre-pandemic, mm-hmm. I haven't done it in a while, but go into like a pub at like, mm-hmm. you know eight nine in the morning and having a beer yeah. and like an Eng- a full english breakfast and watching soccer Ooh. that's like mm-hmm. a very nice way to live so okay. um I-, I highly recommend that but really thirsty i mean you know you can be thirsty in the morning for your uh, for your coffee and you can be thirsty at night for your for your beer and uh, that's true you know it's it's uh i'm always thirsty what can i say <laughs> You're always thirsty. Okay. Yeah. No, I guess I just, yeah, I, I always associate it with maybe something later in the day. That's all. Fair. But, you know, mm-hmm. I, you know, I brought up the Premier League. And speaking of England, we do have mm-hmm. another game this week that will be in <laughs> London. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you are, you're not a big fan of these London games. Is I'm that not. correct? I feel like they're schedule disruptors. I don't, I'm not a fan of them. And I think that it throws the teams off. Um, it's, and it's always, you know, I feel like it's always Miami or the Jets. Like those are like the two teams. We I, do I pretty much like the NFL is pretty they must, there must be this meeting in a boardroom every year where they're like, <laughs> what are the worst possible garbage teams <laughs> that we can send overseas to try to uh, convince people to like our sport? It's like, what are they doing? I mean, like, I, what, I don't know. It's, but it's always those teams. I feel it's like they, yeah. they, do you think they have a contract or something? Like, I don't know how it works. I feel that it's based off of, um, you know, I feel like Brits, like they always like to go to Orlando. So they're always going to Florida, I feel like. And of course, I'm just totally generalizing right now. Um, who doesn't and like, I, I don't, but who else doesn't like going to Disney World? I think it's based off of kind of like tourism. It's like Florida and New York. This is what I think it is. I think it's just like those are places that um, I, don't, I feel like Brits all the time. It's like they... They go to Orlando a lot. I don't know. Um, so this is know. how, this is, you know, I don't I know. Okay, well, I have with, no idea. Well, with Jacksonville, it's different. I mean, Jacksonville actually, like, it, they've, like, sort of adopted the London market. Like, they're trying to, because they have, a, I think they have a game there every year, right? And there there was a there were rumors for a while that they might move to England and be the first, like, overseas team in the NFL. But then people oh, okay. are like uh how would that work scheduling wise <laughs> i mean i guess you have <laughs> yeah. every team that plays them have their bye the following week or something but mm-hmm. um i don't know it would be logistically challenging to do that mm-hmm. but um y- yeah i i think that with jacksonville it's a little different with miami i mean uh-huh. they were supposed to be good this year i don't think people thought they were going to be one in four um mm-hmm coming into this London game. So maybe they were they were thought of as a potentially exciting matchup. I, I personally was kind of fading the Dolphins, as you know, all along. But mm-hmm. um, they're not as bad as, uh, you know, sending Jacksonville, sending the Jets. And honestly, the Falcons, too. That wasn't exactly a, a great team to send over either. I mean, it just yeah. seems like – I almost feel like it's like the teams that are good get – veto power and they're like nah we don't want to play we don't want to give up one of our home games to play in in england uh whereas like these bad teams they uh they don't 
they, the, the NFL's like, sorry, this is the deal. You want to stay in the league, you got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, may, yeah, but see, they don't want to go because it's a schedule disruptor. It like disrupts routines. It's just, I feel like it's, you know, it's just harder on the players. So I don't know. It's not my favorite thing. Although sometimes it's nice to be like, okay, you know, we're on the East Coast. So it's just like, okay, there's like a 9.30 a.m. game. But in general, I just think... I feel like it waters down the product a little bit. That's what I was going to say, Lauren. It's a little bit more of a schedule dropter for the play, uh, players than it is for you, I would say. Uh-huh. Well, uh, yes, but but they've complained about it. So I just think, but you know, oh, you're just, like, you're well, just whatever. Doing, you're just arguing I'm, on I'm, their behalf. I I'm see. speaking on behalf of the players here. Oh, yes. I see. I see. I thought you were saying that it's a schedule disruptor for you. Well, oh, well, it is. It's that as well, you know, but yeah. Yeah. Well, I like just, that disruption personally because it, yeah. like, for me, it's one more island game. Uh, it also lets me do some of my favorite little uh, roster trickery and maneuvering that I like to do yeah, in my league. So, yeah, you're uh, like king of this. Yeah. yeah, so I like to drop my kicker each week and pick up mm-hmm. somebody in the Thursday game just to get a little sneak preview. This week, um, <laughs> there weren't a lot of great options at running back, which is usually where I look. So I got I got Quez Watkins stashed uh, mm, okay. because I feel like he – uh, we, we'll get to it, and uh, well, we might as well get to it now. We're yeah, gonna we'll, do matchups. We'll just roll we're into gonna, it right now. We're gonna preview every <laughs> single matchup uh, in the NFL for Week yeah. Six, and of course, we'll start with the Thursday night game, which is Tampa yep. at Philadelphia. Quez Watkins with the Eagles. I feel like uh, he might be passing Jalen Rager on the depth chart um, okay. as the number two wide receiver behind Devonta Smith. Uh, which, you know, isn't going to have consistent value necessarily, but in a deeper league, like in the league we're in, where there's multiple flex options, mm-hmm. um, you know, if he goes off and has a big night tonight and gets a bunch of targets, I feel like he might be on the radar in a league like that, where um, he's kind of like a boomer bust wide receiver three type. I feel like that's in the realm of possibility for Quez Watkins. Hmm. Um, I like that. I could see yeah. that. But just to finish the thought, I'd like to stash these guys. So with the London game, uh, I will also probably be dropping Quez Watkins if he doesn't go off and stashing somebody in that Miami-Jacksonville game as well because that also is before the 1 p.m. Eastern time kickoffs. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I'll pick up my kicker at the last minute because that's yeah. what I do. Because that's how you roll in fantasy. <laughs> yeah. So let's go back to this Tampa-Philly game. Yes. Though. What else? What else do you have to say about that one? Well, let's see. Um, you know, I think that you're, you know, you're starting your usuals, I think, in Tampa Bay. I mean, I, I guess, do you think, I think there's a, I guess there's a possibility that maybe you'd see a little bit more of Fournette than usual, possibly, with, uh, you know, Philly's pretty good in terms of, um, you know, uh, defending, uh, like, and defending, like, receiving yards and stuff, like, stopping, mm-hmm. stopping the pass. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It's it's still Tampa Bay, and you still I think have to f- feel confident in uh, in those pass catchers. I know that Tom Brady is dealing with. I think he injured his thumb a little thumb, bit, yeah. but mm-hmm. he's. I think he's still going to roll. I mean, maybe I don't know. Do you temper your expectations a little bit for Brady? I don't know. I mean, I I feel like rationally you can say maybe you should, but again, it's it's Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay air game and. Um, I don't know. I think they'll still be pretty successful, but I wouldn't be surprised if you see a little bit more Fournette. I mean, what do you think about that? Because yeah, Philly's been pretty a... good about stopping, yeah. you know, defend. Yeah. So yeah. Well, I, don't know. I generally, I mean, you know, Chiefs Bills last week aside, uh, mm-hmm. generally when it's good, a great offense versus a, a strong defense, I'm I'm going to take the offense. I, I just think yeah. good offense. It, 
you know, it's like good offense beats good defense in fantasy football, um, which is the opposite of the old saying. But um, yeah. I, I just uh, I think, you know, the Buccaneers, if they want to, they can pass the ball against anybody. Uh, you know, I don't think the mm-hmm. Eagles defense as good as the Eagles defense is against the pass. They're not like the Bills, I think they're they're a step down from that. Um, so mm-hmm. I just you know, I think that um, if if Tampa wants it, they can have it. I think generally speaking that the ethos of this team is like we're going to take everything. We're going to just stomp on your throat and score as many points as we possibly can. I feel like Tom Brady wants to break every record in the book by as much as possible before he retires at age 57. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think um, this team has shown that they love to pass the football first and foremost. They pass in the red zone. They pass when they're up multiple touchdowns that you know um this is just not a team that um plays to like eke out a three-point victory or you know yeah or even just salts away the clock in the second half they're just always like on the like full pedal to the metal score mm-hmm. as many points as we can so mm-hmm. um so i don't necessarily see that but i still really like leonard fournette though don't get me wrong because i just think he's clearly the top back in tampa it's not even close at this point uh, you know, Gio Bernard did come back last week, so um, he and he scored he scored a touchdown um, each of his last two games, I believe. Um, but he's not seeing a ton of touches. I mean, Fournette is still involved in the passing game, and Ronald Jones is a distant memory. Uh, I mean, Fournette is, is playing a huge portion of the snaps right now. Um, so, and this team just scores so many points that even if you know, four out of their five touchdowns come through the air, that still leaves one for Fournette. So, um, you know, I think he's a very high-end RB2 at this point just about every single week. I agree. You know, I feel like he's just kind of moved into that. And, um, you know, I feel like you can kind of uh, start him with a little bit more confidence, especially in the past couple weeks than than what we – it's less of a running back roulette, I think, than – than what it was. Yeah, I mean the season. one thing the one thing with Tampa though is it's always been the case that they kind of have one guy at a time and that guy is mm-hmm. valuable. I mean last season uh you know, Ronald Jones was that guy for most of the season and then Leonard Fournette was that guy in the playoffs. So it was like it wasn't ever really an even committee between the two of them last year either. So mm-hmm. that's my one kind of bit of caution with Fournette is like I think he's a very like I I would confidently play him right now if I have him, but just know that this is one of those teams where there could always be that like you know carpet pulled out from under you when you least expect it kind of situation mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that's true they do kind of always keep you on your toes just when you start to feel a little comfortable it's like whoop nope yeah so maybe maybe Fournette <laughs> will be awesome all, all regular season this year and then Ronald Jones will be the guy they ride in the playoffs yeah. it'll be like yeah. bizarro backwards 2020 <laughs> um or O two O two. Anyway, oh yeah, um, O two O two. You see what I'm doing there. I uh, see. So yeah, on the on the Philly side of the ball, I mean, Jalen Hurts is just an every week QB one. But I, you know, I really think he could be extra great in this matchup. Um, you know, Tampa Bay has a really poor pass defense, mm-hmm. and they're very injured in their secondary as well. Um, also, just game flow always tends to. Um, dictate that teams attack Tampa Bay through the air, playing from behind, catch up, things like that. Mm-hmm. It seems like Hertz is a good bet to uh, put up really gaudy fantasy numbers this week. And I don't, I, I don't want any part of um, Miles Sanders. The backfield? Yeah, yeah no. especially Miles Sanders. I mean, I yeah. feel like if they get behind big and go into uh, pass mode that uh, Kenneth Gainwell might actually 
see a, a bit more of more action. Um, mm-hmm. So he's kind of like a sneaky play just because nobody's he's not really on anyone's radar. But, you know, he's like only a deep league flex option kind of a thing. But uh, Sanders, I, I would not consider him an RB2 by any stretch this week. Yeah, no, I you want to be avoiding that uh, backfield, especially. Um, I do think if I haven't, I don't think uh, Dallas Goddard's playing. I think Zach Ertz could surprise this week. Yeah. Um, if Dallas, I, do you know? Are you updated? Yeah, no, on this? I, I don't know if he is. I, I, I mean, I the, I don't think they've officially declared him out yet, but he's still on the COVID list in the game okay. today. So, yeah. uh, barring some sort of very surprising turnaround, I would expect. Dallas Goddard to be out, and I have Zach Ertz ranked as my tight end eight for the week right Ooh, now. I have him at, yeah, I have him at ten. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that he can, he will, I think, be soaking up those targets. I think it's the same thing, you know, uh, with with those tight ends. You know, they've just been cannibalizing each other, and with one out, and then we're going against Tampa Bay this week. Boom! I think that Zach Ertz is set up to have a good game this week. Yeah, I mean, he's not. Um, nearly as uh, much of a playmaker as he used to be. So he's really like a catch and fall down tight end at this point. But if he catches and falls down like 12 times, that's fine. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) I think he's going to get just a boatload of targets. So, um, uh, you know, especially in PPR, I think he's a really great play. But, um, you know, it it might be one of those things where he catches eight balls for like 67 yards or something like Mm -hmm. that, you know, which is a a better PPR line than standard. But, um but yeah, if you have Zach Ertz, or if you're streaming tight ends and he's somehow available in your waiver wire, I would definitely pick him up and get him into my lineup. Same. All right, let's talk about that London game, Miami and Jacksonville. Yep. Um, I, you know, I have both of these running backs in my dynasty league, uh, Miles Gaskin and James Robinson. Mm-hmm. I'm very, very gung ho about James Robinson for I this know. matchup. Uh, yep. I mean, Same. he's just been great three weeks in a row, and Miami is the single worst run defense in the league. So I actually have James Robinson as my RB five overall for the week. Um, and you know, miles Gaskin, it's a little, it's a little bit dicier, but I'm feeling, I'm feeling good about him right now. I think that, um, they just, they, they're going to need to continue to create touches for him, especially in the passing game. So, um, I, you know, and he really did dominate the snaps last week over Malcolm Brown and Salvin Ahmed. So, uh, I think he's definitely in that RB2 category this week. Um, I, I think I have him around RB20, um, which is a little bit above the consensus. What, what do you think about that? Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think that this is a uh, very big uh, running back game for both sides. Um, I think um, <clears throat> I agree with everything that you just said. I think this will be a, a really big James Robinson game. Um, I But I also do like Trevor Lawrence in this one. I think that, you know, Miami is just kind of giving up points everywhere and um you know trevor lawrence has come on a little bit stronger in the past two uh games and uh he's been running a little bit more he's had a rushing touchdown in each game um and so i kind of like him as a, as a sneaky uh play this week and um you know then i guess with with miami i, I don't know if two is back i don't know if it matters um you know i think that well i don't know do you think this is going to be a high higher scoring game i know that the I believe the over under is 47. 47 yeah yeah um, I, yeah I could see it being a higher scoring game I feel like I agree I you know I um I'm looking at uh betting pros right now on the mm-hmm. affiliate side of uh fantasy pros and they have 74 percent of people are, are going with the under of on the 47 okay. I would agree with you though Jeez, I'm more, I would go over I would go over as well I just mm-hmm. these are two bad defenses you know what I mm-hmm. mean um 
and they're not the greatest offenses, but they're good enough offenses that can they can score points against soft defenses. So yeah, um, yeah, I would take the over as well. I um, I I'm still waiting to see if Devontae Parker uh, can make it back. It's he missed practice oh, right. on Wednesday, so uh, he's trending towards missing again. But if he is healthy enough to play, uh, I like him a lot as a wide receiver three who. Uh, can can give you some pretty good production regardless of uh, who's a quarterback for Miami. Yeah. yeah, I really do. I mean, I'm kind of, I think, I don't know if it's mind meld. I feel like I'm kind of exactly on the same page with you with Tua and, and Brissette. And it's just kind of like the same. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, but I, exactly. I, you know, but I, I feel that that is a, like a little bit of a bolder take because I know that it's like, oh, people are like, oh, Tua, is, Tua could be back this week. And that means you just majorly upgrade all the pass catchers. Nah. Uh, but I just don't. I don't know that that's true. I think. Uh, I think you've convinced me on this one. So. Yeah, I think people are still living off more of the the hype around Tua's college production and his draft pedigree than anything he's actually shown on a football field in the NFL so <laughs> far. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. What about Marvin Jones? Because uh, you know, for me, I think you and I both like Marvin Jones a lot. Mm-hmm. But he's had a couple <laughs> quiet games in a row. I would like to see him get on track because. Uh, you know, it was one of those things where I think most people assumed that the DJ Chark injury was good for Marvin Jones, mm-hmm. but it, that's not necessarily true. I mean, now he is the number one receiver, the guy who is going to get uh, the majority of the defensive attention. And I, I sort of wonder if they are changing his role in the offense at all um, in terms of like DJ Chark was the deep threat guy. And mm-hmm. now I hope they're not, uh, I, I don't know for sure, but I, I hope they're not transitioning Marvin Jones into that role because that's in my opinion a less productive role for fantasy like we want him in short and intermediate uh, areas of the field you know I thought it was before the shark injury it was like Chenault was the short you know short area guy uh, Jones was the intermediate and shark was the deep um, and now it's a little less clear how how that all shakes out so I would love it, I, if if if, Mar, if Marvin Jones can't get on track against Miami here. I'm going to start to be a little bit concerned about him. Yeah, and I think I I read something uh, earlier in the week saying that actually, and you didn't see this last week. You know, I also thought that these guys, uh, both Jones and uh, Lavisca Chenault, uh, would would have better days, uh, better games than they did last week, um, just simply due to a little bit of uptick in volume. But um, I was reading something that said that Lavisca Chenault, they're actually, I think. Uh, the Jaguars are going to try and move him downfield um, and that that will be kind of his role from now on. So maybe maybe Marvin Jones will then stay the same. Um, but this will be, I think, uh, to your point, this will be a good game to just kind of assess that and see uh, how this shakes out a little bit. And I think that you're right if um, – because I think this will be, you know, a little bit of a higher scoring game. And if Jones or, or Chanel doesn't really hit um, – then yeah, I think you can question it, but especially especially Marvin Jones. But I would say, like, where do you have him this week? Kind of, I, I guess I would probably probably put Jones around wide receiver thirty ish. I guess I don't know where do you have him. I have him at thirty one. So oh, yeah. okay, there you go. Mind meld once again. Mind, I know it's. We have must to be that we spend hours talking about this stuff together every week. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Group think the best yes. kind of think. Yep. Uh, <laughs> All right, let's move on to Cincinnati at Detroit. Um, mm-hmm. So the over/under on that one's uh, forty-seven and a half. Um, Bengals favored by three and a half. What are you looking for uh, in that one? Um, 
I think that this this could also be a shootout, and I like an, the over on this. Um, I think that Bo, Joe Burrow uh, could have a good game. I do think that this whole thing with his voice, though, since they're mm-hmm. playing away, I could see like Detroit just trying to get really loud and raucous because apparently he's been trying to conserve his voice um, because it was affected with this like throat contusion that he right. got Right, that's week. interesting so, point. But how, I, how loud know, I can know. an 0-5 well well maybe they're just going to be you know it's they're lions they they may roar this week they you know looking for their first win um yeah i i said i don't know i just feel like it's kind of been reported a little bit about uh his throat issues so i don't know i don't know if that if if that'll be an issue or not but i think it's kind of interesting um but uh, you know i think that this could be a little bit of a shootout i like i like burrow i you know jamar chase T. Higgins, uh, Boyd, I think these are all good plays. Um, I think with oh, and where are we on Joe Mixon? Is he uh, is he fully he's, up he's, and running or what is? Uh, I mean, he's probably not a hundred percent healthy, but I uh-huh. think it's pretty certain he's going to play this week. And Samaj okay. Piran's actually on the COVID oh, yeah, list. He's on the COVID now. list. So yeah. uh, again, he could be activated before Sunday. But um, as of right now, if if Samaj Piran is out. Then it's I Chris think Evans. they're gonna just kind. Of, yeah, I don't think they really trust no. Chris Evans. Okay. Um, I I think that if Samaj P Ryan's out, we're gonna be right back to, um, Joe Mixon getting a really, really big uh, workload. Um, okay. Which didn't really happen last week. Last week they get there was a lot of P Ryan. Um, mm-hmm. So, it would be a big boost for for Mixon's fantasy value. Uh, I think if if P Ryan's out because if P Ryan is available. I could see Cincinnati kind of going with a similar sort of setup as last week, especially because this is a very uh, winnable game. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I, I don't think they want to push Joe Mixon too hard. Um, you know, last week yeah. P Ryan played sixty-one percent of the snaps, and and Mixon only played twenty-eight percent. So um, I think Mixon's definitely going to play more than that this week, regardless. But it could be more of like an even split if P Ryan's available. But if he's not, I. I just don't think Chris Evans, like you know, rookie, didn't uh, didn't really get a lot of action as a running back uh, in college, even. Um, mm-hmm. And he's just very raw. He's he's very physically gifted, but very raw. And I just don't see them uh, giving him the kind of uh, workload that would make uh, that would that would take away from Mixon. I think uh, mm-hmm. uh, I think if P runs out, they're just going to have to um, lean on Mixon. I, and it does sound like his he's healthier than he was last week. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I, that's kind of how I think the Cincinnati side is playing out. I guess with Detroit, you know, we talked about this a little bit earlier in the week, but, you know, TJ Hawkinson is battling with, uh, he's got a knee injury that mm-hmm. uh, sounds pretty serious. I mean, he hasn't practiced this week. He almost didn't play last week. Um, and you've seen that kind of in his stat lines for the for the past couple weeks. So I'm curious to see, you know, if he plays Um and I think that if he does, you absolutely should temper your expectations. And I'm curious to see if a Detroit receiver, you know, really emerges this week. Um, you know, Goff has been uh, airing airing it out a little bit more, and it's not because I think you know because of Hawk's injury, um, it's it's going uh, to wide receivers. It just hasn't been to one specific wide receiver that you can, I think, for sure benefit from you know fantasy wise. Um, mm-hmm. So. I don't know. I'm kind of looking for that too. Um, yeah, you know, I we talked about the other day on the waiver wire show. Um, Amon Ross, St. Brown, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Tyrell Williams. Unfortunately, since we recorded that, um, there's been reports that Tyrell Williams uh, is is still 
suffering from the after effects of his concussion. It sounds like it was a pretty oh, bad one. Okay. So um, I don't think he's going to be activated anytime soon. Uh, so scratch what I said there about him being the more interesting option in non-PPR. Mm-hmm. I think, um, I, I guess we're still looking at like Khalif Raymond um, as the complement to St. Brown uh, in their receiving core. But I do think that boosts um, the, the odds of St. Brown uh, perhaps uh, getting uh, a larger target share going forward. Yeah, I mean, and he's um, he's had back-to-back games of eight targets. So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if you kind of see a similar thing this week, especially if, if this does become more of a, a shootout um, than the 47 47- and a half, you know, over under. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, and then, then what do you think? What do you think about uh, Detroit's backfield? I know, I know you're a big Swift guy. Um, yeah, I mean, that, yeah. I just, you know, I, I think that there's been there's been a little bit of frustration um, from some fantasy managers about Swift just because, um, you know, the coaching staff talks him up as this guy who's going to get more and more action, and mm-hmm. it hasn't really translated into touches uh, so much so far. But he's still been really good I mean I I just think it's like it's one of those things where you know let's just appreciate what we have you know I mean uh, Swift is currently um, the RB 14 and half PPR Um, that's pretty good that's better than he was being drafted as you know so uh, Mm -hmm. I think he can maybe move up a little bit from there but he's not going to be a bell cow I mean Jamal Williams is just a really reliable player and he's a, he's one of those guys who's like a better real life player than fantasy player and mm-hmm. um you know I think Swift is going to continue to play like 70 percent of the snaps but the touches are not going to be quite as skewed in his favor as the snaps are because like when Williams is in they tend to just run the ball uh with him and whereas when Swift, Swift is in for um a lot of the passing plays. So maybe those are, those are going to Hawkinson or the receivers rather than to Swift. So the touches end up being split pretty evenly, but I, I mean, mm-hmm. Swift is still going to be way more productive on a per touch basis. And he's a high end RB two, if not a low end RB one, regardless. So I, you know, let's just appreciate him for what he is. Mm-hmm. Okay. I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's move on to what should be a massive shootout. Uh, the Chiefs at the Washington football yeah. team at FedEx Field. Uh, these may be the two worst defenses in the entire NFL yep. right now. They're really, really bad. Uh, in one league, I just dropped uh, Kirk Cousins to pick up Taylor Heineke and stream him this week. Uh, mm-hmm. I love Taylor Heineke in this matchup. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's a top 10 fantasy quarterback for the week against that pitiful uh, Chiefs defense. Um, it's just both of these teams should should be able to get whatever they want, uh, both uh, on the ground and through the air. Although particularly mm-hmm. through the air, I would say. Yeah, I my note on this game is just start everyone. Like, I mean, I think that this is going to be a very high scoring game, and uh, yeah, I I think that I I like Heineke this week. I think he's abs- I think I have him at at, at twelve, um, twelve or eleven. So I do mm-hmm. think that he's he's a QB one this week and. Um, yeah, like I've got him yeah. at 10. I've got him ahead of Aaron Rodgers this week. I've got him ahead of um, yeah, same. Cousins, like I said. And I've got him slightly ahead of Burrow, too. So okay. I really like I really like Heineke. Yeah, yeah, same. Um, I mean, I don't know. Is there anything like anything of note that you think, well, you know, outside think, of a, a start? I think oh, the question well, is always, what do you do out, about right? what do you do? What's that? 
I, CEH is out, right? He's, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's yeah, out for he's out a month, week. probably. But I guess so. I think this is going to be a big air game. But yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So I think Daryl Williams uh, is a you. real. He's a great like plug and play RB two. Um, I will be interested to see how the snaps break down between Williams and Jarek McKinnon. Um, oh, yeah. you know, I don't think. I don't think Williams is walking into like an 80% snap share or anything like that. I think it'll be more of like a two to one between him and okay. McKinnon. Um, but that's more than enough to, I mean, I think Williams is basically capable of providing the, the, the similar amount of fantasy value to what CEH was providing before. So uh, mm-hmm. that's like a, you know, in that maybe RB 15 to 20 kind of range. Um, okay. I think that like he's, perfectly capable of doing that for the next month and they have a lot of good matchups coming up so um so i would feel pretty good about that um okay you know the, i think the other question when you have a game like this it, it becomes do you do you look at those like secondary options who might not always be guys you would consider starting you know like Michael hardman mm-hmm. is the one that comes to mind for me i mean he had a, a pretty good game last week um he i think he got like 12 targets last week and uh Tyreek Hill is a little banged up dealing with a knee injury. Um, I, or I guess it's a quad they're now saying. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I could see Hardman being a, an interesting kind of option in, like, a deeper league um, or a league with, like, multiple flex options. Um, mm-hmm. I think I'm starting him in the Scott Fishbowl this week, although that's not officially determined yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, on the Washington side, I think Ricky Seals-Jones is a really interesting option this week, too. Yeah. I mean, he – he got the kind of usage you just don't see from tight ends. Like he played a hundred percent of the snaps, I think, or 99%. Um, it was like 98.8 and, or something. Okay. Ooh, wow. You're breaking out the decimal points on me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just, I wrote something up about him earlier. You're like, they yeah. didn't play no, exactly a hundred snaps. So it can't, it, <laughs> it was 98.8. A, a fraction. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I, I, you know, I think he's immediately a, I mean, tight end is such a, a, a mess after the top, like five guys so mm-hmm. i think he's immediately in that like top 10 conversation <laughs> just based on last week's oh, yeah. usage and yeah. the fact that uh this is a team that likes to throw the ball to the tight end mm-hmm. yeah and i think what do you think you know with your point about uh the chiefs and kind of playing uh some of these other guys what about on the washington side someone like deandre carter who had a big game last week uh you know curtis samuel doesn't i mean i feel like his groin injury is just he's out it's cons- yeah, he it's like lingers. It's it's uh, yeah. So, um, what do you think about something? What do you think about DeAndre Carter in a, like maybe a deeper league or something? Yeah, maybe. I the, my concern. I actually think Adam Humphreys might be mm. uh, a, a more Better. reliable option than mm-hmm. uh, DeAndre Carter. I mean, I just need to see it more than once from Carter because that kind of came out of nowhere. I feel like Humphreys is like boring but reliable. You know, mm-hmm. um, he's like a slot guy that. Um, could see a lot of targets um so yeah so i mean i i yeah, I, I think, I, think uh, I think i have humphreys ranked in my like in the 50s this week i think and okay. uh, carter more like around uh wide receiver 70 or something so oh, okay yeah but um okay yeah i mean it's it's one of those things where if you have two similarly ranked players and like you're not sure what to do I, I, as a tiebreaker i would lean towards this game mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah all right, let's move on. Uh, Minnesota at Carolina. Um, mm-hmm. This seems like a more defensive game to me. Uh, yes. You know, the, the Vikings have really been struggling lately, and that was mm-hmm. part of the reason I jumped ship on Cousins in one of my leagues. I still have him in another one, but um, that's a super flex league, so I'm obviously going to hold tight there. Uh, mm-hmm. But, 
Yeah, I mean, Carolina's got a very good defense, I think, um, and they're at home. So I like the Panthers a lot in this game, even though uh, the Vikings are favored. I, I just I think Carolina, even if Christian McCaffrey doesn't play, uh, I just think they're the better football team right now than Minnesota. Um, so, you know, you're, you're obviously – like Justin Jefferson is matchup proof, and he's just incredible. So he's mm-hmm. – I still have him as like a top – I think at this point he's like a top five wide receiver pretty much every week. Yeah. Um, but Adam Thielen has really kind of dropped off. Uh, you know, he's 31 years old now. Uh, he's not explosive uh, the way that he used to be. I think he's much more uh, touchdown dependent um, than he used to be. And that worked out just fine last season. And it worked out just fine early this season. But lately, that's dried up. And what mm-hmm. you're left with is, uh, you know, if he doesn't score, you're kind of looking at like 50 yards um, from him at this point in his career. So, um, I, so he's kind of moved closer down to the wide receiver three range for me uh, at okay. this point, especially with uh, a pretty tough matchup. Yeah, I could see him kind of getting, I don't know, between, I guess I'd probably kind of have him in the back 20s, like the late 20s, I would yeah, say. Yeah, so that's wide receiver three yeah. range. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. I, you know, I agree with that. I, yeah, I, I think that this will be kind of a very conservative, low-scoring game. Um, you know, like you said, I mean, Minnesota's just kind of been off. Cousins has has had two down games, essentially, and um, yeah, I don't know. I, I do, I do like Carolina a little bit more in this, but I think that this is not going to be some sort of shootout or anything like that. So yeah, and you know, this is the yeah. game that has the that's supposed to have the two running backs who are considered the top two running backs in mm-hmm. fantasy heading into the season. Neither of them are fully healthy right now. Um, you know, and we don't know for sure whether either one will play. I, I mean, I expect Dalvin Cook to play at this point. Um, but I, at the same time, they, they actually have their buy next buy. week. So, yeah. I mean, it might like the smart move for them would actually be to rest him again. Um, yes. and yeah. Alexander Madison can give you 90% of what Dalvin Cook can give you. He's proven that at this point. So what's the, why would you risk it? You know? Um, yeah, I, but, I feel like they should lean towards since they've got their buy in, in week seven, just play it safe. You yeah. Know? Uh, the, the only counter argument is they are two and three and they're playing a pretty good team so they might yeah. need to go all, all out to try to win this game um i mean because if you're two and four uh you're in a big hole um mm-hmm. for the playoffs you know so yeah. it will be interesting to see what they decide to do there um yeah and mccaffrey you know matt rule said he's a 50 50 to play so that's a little Helpful. discouraging because it seemed like he was <laughs> trending to i mean he practiced in a limited fashion all week last week and then didn't play uh, and then he's, you know, he's limited again this week. It really seemed like he was trending towards returning this week. And now it's kind of kind of up in the air. So if he's out, you know, Chuba Hubbard is uh, a very solid RB2 um, again this week. Yeah, I think so. All right, let's move on. Houston at Indianapolis. Uh, <laughs> this, uh, the Colts are, even though both teams are one and four, clearly... Uh, they're not seen the same way because the Colts are favored by 10 points in this game. That's a huge spread. <laughs> it <laughs> is. Uh, so uh, one of these one in four teams is not like the other, apparently. Um, <laughs> I mean, Indianapolis, did they did look very good against Baltimore on Monday night. So maybe that's swaying Vegas a little bit. I, I still think that spread is a little bit extreme uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. for a team that, you know, it's not exactly lighting up the scoreboard most weeks. I mean, to win by 10 points, you got to score a lot of points, you know? So, yeah. Um, I don't know. This, this is one of those match. I mean, Jonathan Taylor obviously is a very appealing matchup or a very appealing play every week. Um, mm-hmm. Beyond that, though, I mean, who are you really 
excited to play in this one. I'm not, I mean, yeah, I think this will be Jonathan Taylor Day. Um, I I actually do have Wentz ranked probably as highest as I probably ever will this this season, and I have him at 14. I actually do kind of like him this week, mm-hmm. um, and I don't think Davis Mills is like that bad of an option either. I think that this will go over uh, the, what is it, 43 or 42 and a half mm-hmm. uh, point spread. I think, you know, Colts are giving up the third most fantasy points to quarterbacks. Um, so I don't really mind Davis Mills or, you know, Brandon Cooks this week on, on Houston's side. And, you know, Wentz is coming off his best game of the season. It was against Baltimore. I think he threw for just over 400 yards. Um, I don't know. I, I could see him having a good day in this one. And, uh, yeah, like yeah. I said, I mean, but I, I'm not super excited about, like, anyone. But I could see him having a good day. Yeah, no, I think he's week. a I think he's a um, legitimate streaming option in single QB mm-hmm. leagues this week. I have him at QB 15, so pretty much okay, right, right around where you've yeah. got him. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, the only the only risk, of course, is if that 10-point spread does prove to be accurate, you, you, you just worry if their first – couple touchdowns are scored on the ground that then maybe they yeah. stop throwing the ball but um but yeah I mean it's a very exploitable matchup I mean Houston is uh I think bottom seven in terms of fantasy mm-hmm. uh points a lot of quarterbacks uh, adjusted fantasy points a lot of quarterbacks so um so yeah I I think Wentz is and, and by the same token Michael Pittman I think is a uh he would probably be the biggest beneficiary of yeah. a big Wentz game so I think yeah. he's um he's definitely in that wide receiver three territory this week for sure mm-hmm. yeah i agree with that and then houston we never really have anything to talk no. about except brandon cooks so. <laughs> just cooks and you know david you know david smills not that bad this week so i'll give okay. him i'll give him that this week yeah i'm not quite on the on the mills bandwagon the mills. with you but okay um, right. i do have him ranked currently ahead of uh no actually not ahead of anybody i have my, my bottom bottom qb of the week oh, wait, oh he's your bottom qb of the week yeah oh. Yeah. I, I, well, actually, I I say this, and I just looked at my my ranks. And I have him at twenty seven, so he's he's close to the bottom. But well, there's not. only twenty eight teams playing this week. There's so. he's close. To, yeah. Well, yeah. And I had well, I have one extra in there because I don't. We can talk about the Giants later, but oh, I don't know God. who's playing in the Giants. We have to. So I, I have both Giants at the bottom. So yeah, yeah. yeah I, 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 if so, Daniel yeah. Jones plays, I would take him over Davis Mills, but we'll hmm. I would not okay. take my yeah. I, I over wouldn't da- over Davis Mills. No, no. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, speaking of, that's actually the next game we're going to discuss. Oh, okay, well, there we uh, go. It's a perfect segue, Lauren. It is. We had no idea. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah, the Giants are at home against the Rams. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I. You know, uh, let's talk about Devontae Booker. Because, okay. um, you know, I, he's – I've seen some people saying they, they like him better than Daryl Williams uh, this week. Because um, those were the two big waiver wire pickups of the mm-hmm. week. Um, what do you think about that? Well, I wasn't high on Booker anyway. Um, in terms of yes, you're going to be getting volume, but this is this is not like quality volume, you know. And they've got tough matchups. You know, they've got the Rams this week. Um, I think they have Carolina next week. So I don't like love uh, Devonte Booker. I would probably have him as kind of RB 30 ish. Mm. Um, so I, I don't, I, I don't, I just don't like any giants this week. And I don't, um, I think if, if anything, um, 
I think you'd be rolling with Kadarius Tony. I think that the, the Giants are just going to be out of this, I think, early. And so I think that there's going to be more of a reliance on a pass game uh, due to game script. So um, I don't I don't love Booker this week. Um, yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah. I, I definitely have Daryl Williams as a preferred option to Booker. Uh, mm-hmm. I do think, though, that um, Booker pretty much, I mean, he became like an every down back last week when Barkley left that's the game. That's true, yeah. Um, whether that continues remains to be seen because, you know, it's always – you can't overreact to in-game injuries like the playing time that happens because mm-hmm. uh, teams have a certain game plan for the week. They have certain players who are prepared to run certain plays. And, uh, you know, so a guy like Gary Brightwell maybe wasn't uh, up to speed to play a role in the offense last week, but he could be this week. Um, mm-hmm. Elijah Penny, I don't know. They don't have – they don't have a very good option behind Booker. So even though uh, I agree with you that Booker himself is a pretty pedestrian talent, um, I think that it is possible that he plays like over 70% of the, of the snaps. um, And that would include passing game work. I think he is a a reasonable pass catching back. So even if they fall way behind, uh, that actually might be the best chance he has at putting up good numbers because um, especially if the Rams are ahead, I think they'll be more than happy to let the Giants dump it off to Booker <laughs> uh, for yeah, short true. gains. So, uh, you know, I have him at RB twenty four. I think he's like okay. on the, he's like a borderline RB two, RB three kind of an option. So, if you you know went out and spent your fab on him, it's probably because you needed a plug and play running back. And I think he's a fine plug and play running back. I just I agree with you that like you have to keep your expectations in check in this situation because mm-hmm. this team is just not likely to uh, light up the scoreboard against the Rams. Yeah. And then I guess on the Rams side, what are your, what are your thoughts? Any, any notable things outside of kind of the usuals? Well, I'm really, I mean, the usuals aren't exactly, weren't exactly usual last week. Right. I mean, I'm really curious about this balance between Cooper cup and Robert Woods, because uh, last week it was like the squeaky wheel for Robert Woods. He got all the targets he could handle but he did a great job with them, and it's kind of a reminder that they had this other guy who's really good, you know. So Cooper Cup has been like – I think he's like second in the league in targets at wide receiver so far this season. I, I don't – I'm curious whether that's really going to continue because I don't think it will if they make a concerted effort to keep Robert Woods heavily involved. You know, I think it just could – the. I still prefer Cup to Woods, but I think the balance could get closer. You know, it could be more mm-hmm. like Cup is like a – you know, low end wide receiver one and, and Woods becomes like a mid range wide receiver two every week, which is like, whereas like in the first month of the season, it was like cup was a high end wide receiver one and Woods was like barely hanging on as a wide receiver yeah. three, you know? So I, I think that they're coming closer together, which is interesting. And I'm just curious whether that was like a one-off game because Robert Woods was grumpy and they wanted to, you know, throw him a bone mm-hmm. or whether that was something that's going to be a uh, more, more sustainable um, sort of, part of their game plan going forward. So I'm, I'm very much looking out for that. Yeah, I am too. I, I forgot about that from last week. <laughs> <laughs> and actually so, yes. there's a similar, <laughs> there's a similar issue with their running game as well, because mm-hmm. um, Daryl Henderson has played like over 90% of the snaps when he's been healthy so far this season. Uh, but he missed one game and Sony Michelle played pretty well. And then last week he got dinged up and had to leave the game. And Sony Michelle came in and uh, did decently again uh, and there was a quote, um, I, you know, every week I write this uh, running back roundup for fantasy pros. 
Uh, and I had a quote in there from Sean McVay uh, about the, this from an article in The Athletic uh, about the balance between Henderson and Michelle going forward. I'm mm-hmm. going to pull that up for you right now. Um, so th- the, this is the Athletic's words, but they said that McVay indicated Thursday's performance between the two backs, Henderson, the gorgeous cut, uh, elusive, explosive player, and Michelle, the powerful, steady complement was reflective of a longer-term plan for the two. Oh, interesting. Uh, so I'm curious to see if that is coach speak. That Again, those are the athletics words. They did have a quote from McVeigh in the article, too. He said, like, he wants to have a good balance between the two, mm-hmm. I believe was his quote. Um, okay. So I'm curious to see if that's coach speak or if um, they really are going to change the balance between the two because uh, so far it has been bell cow Daryl Henderson. And if it is bell cow Daryl Henderson, I think he's, like, not only a top 10 running back, but close to top five in that offense um, that, you know, such a great environment. Um, But again, I do think there's a little bit of risk that he loses some touches to Michelle. Maybe it's more of like a 60, 40 split going forward. So I'm very curious to see how that plays out. Yeah, I could see that. And it's, I mean, you're right. I mean, so far it has been, Michelle has been coming in uh, when Henderson has been banged up, but Henderson also has been banged up. So they, you know, the Rams could also uh, kind of, you know, just choose to to play Michelle a little bit more in order to keep Henderson healthy too. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I think that those are both uh, good, good things uh, to look out for this week. Yeah. And the point the athletic makes, I think is absolutely valid, which is that these two guys do have different strengths, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, Henderson is more shifty and, and fast and Michelle is, is tougher and, and more of a, a grinder. You know what I mean? So yeah. um, I, they can get different things out of both of them. And maybe, uh, you know, maybe that's the best real life way to approach it for them. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about the other L.A. team, the Chargers. They travel to Baltimore. Chargers. Uh, the Chargers. <laughs> uh, they they face the Ravens. This should be a very exciting game. I'm mm-hmm. very curious to see how this one goes. Uh, Justin Herbert and Lamar Jackson are both playing out of their minds right yeah. now. Uh, it's it just I, the over-under is 52, and I could easily see it going over that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, the, yeah. you know, I think the Chargers have a better defense than the Ravens do at this point. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, these are two decent defenses at the very least. But uh, I, I think offense is going to win out here. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, you know, these are just two lights out quarterbacks. Um, you know, I know some people are like, oh, well, you know, there's West Coast teams flying, you know, to the East Coast that could. I, no, I don't think that this really applies. I mean, uh, the Chargers can take their game anywhere and I think be really uh, strong contenders. Um, and yeah, I mean, both these uh, teams have uh, great pass catchers. I feel like we've been gushing about Marquise Brown a lot recently. Um, and yeah, it'll be fun to watch, I think, him. And then, and then you know, you've got Mike Williams and Keenan Allen on the other side. I think it's just going to be uh, a game where they're going to air it out. I, you know, I would be steering clear of, you know, Baltimore's backfield. But I am kind of curious to see how it operates uh, mm-hmm. with, you know, you know, Latavius Murray and, and the personnel back there. But um, yeah, I think this would be more of an air game. And then, you know, the Chargers do have a leg up, you know, because they do have Austin Eckler and Austin Eckler is amazing. Um, and I think that he uh, will be active both with running and in the passing game as well. So, yeah, I think, it, you know, it's actually, uh, it's one of those things where the, um, 
the way to attack the defense doesn't match with the strength of the, the offense because, I, you know, Baltimore at this point is – I know they've set this, like, record for 100-yard rushing games, but they, they've they actually been much more successful passing the ball than running mm-hmm. the ball this season. And, um, I mean, a lot of their rushing production comes from Lamar Jackson. In terms of, you know, their running backs, they really haven't been all that productive on the ground. Um, yeah. The Chargers, though, are the best – pass defense in the league other than Buffalo um, and uh, they are much more susceptible to the ground game so mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm just curious what Baltimore tries to do and how it works because um, typically I would say the way to attack the ran or the the Chargers would be to uh, run the ball but Baltimore that's just not really in their DNA right now so yeah um, so I think that'll be you know I still like Marquise Brown but I I feel like this is a week where he's gonna need to break a really long touchdown to pay off. Like it's not, um, mm. it's not going to be easy for him. He's going to have to earn it this week. Yeah. Cause that, uh, mm. that charger secondary is legitimate. Um, yeah, but, and then, yeah, I mean, I, with, with LA, I mean, yeah, it's just, they, they're going to be able to score at will against Baltimore. Mm-hmm. I feel like, I mean, Eckler is like a top three fantasy back at this point. And, yeah. uh, I actually think I have Mike Williams ranked ahead of Keenan Allen for the first time this okay. week. So, um, I mean, Mike Williams, other than week four, has just been a force in fantasy this yeah. this year. It's He's one of the biggest breakouts of the entire season. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Green Bay at Chicago. Uh, this mm-hmm. one has a pretty low over under 44. Packers mm-hmm. favored by four and a half. You know, I, I, I feel like this is probably going to be a pretty low-scoring game, but mm-hmm. neither of these defenses are, like, unstoppable. They're both okay, but they're not yeah. un, they're not unstoppable. Um, do you, like, what, I mean, I assume you're, you're, you're fine playing Aaron Rodgers. You're, yeah. you're obviously excited to play Devontae Adams no matter what, um, and Aaron mm-hmm. Jones. Uh, so, the, you but know, Green Bay is pretty clear, yeah. right? Um, yeah. But what about the Chicago side? I mean, like... Is there like what, what are you looking to do there? Well, I feel like Chicago. I I just want to see what they're. I feel like they don't have an identity. They haven't this season. They haven't gotten going. I I you know I'm going to be watching. You know Justin Fields. You know will there be more designed run plays for him? I just kind of want to please, see how please. this Fingers is crossed. how this is going to roll. You know and the backfield. You know. Um, you know, Damian Williams and Khalil Herbert, you know, uh, I believe Herbert outsnapped Damian Williams last week when everyone thought that, you know, Williams was, you know, the the guy to take over David Montgomery. So I wanted, you know, I'm watching that backfield. I'm also watching, you know, I guess I'm watching a lot here in Chicago. I'm watching the wide receivers too, you know, um, Robinson and Mooney. I mean, Robinson, is, you know, he's... He has four out of his five games. He's gone for less than 35 yards, and he's one touchdown on the season. It's just, I don't know. I feel like this is a team that just doesn't have an identity. They don't, or like a game plan, and it's just, it's kind of that puzzling falls on to the watch, coach, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it's just, it's, it's just wild. So, I'm looking at all of these things for Chicago just to see if something emerges. I think, and yeah, if, you know. Yeah, so, no, yeah. I'm with you. I um, I have some theories about it, though. I, okay. Um, with the running back situation, you know, I still think Damian Williams is going to be a low-end RB2 um, while David mm-hmm. Montgomery is out. I think that for a couple reasons. One, I, he's getting the more high-value touches. Like, he's the one that is involved in the passing game, not Herbert. Um, and also, like, in the red zone, I think um, that was split evenly last week, but I could see – 
um, you know, that continuing. I, I don't expect Williams to be phased out of the, the red zone stuff or anything like that. So mm-hmm. um, I just think he's getting the more high value touches. I also wonder if, um, you know, Herbert might get more work when they're ahead in the second half of games. Like he's a physical runner. I think like he's a good, like kind of like an AJ Dillon type speaking of uh, the other side of this game, like a good grind out the clock kind of batter the, uh, the, the tired Mm -hmm. defense uh, late in the game, kind of a back. Um, Whereas I just don't think Chicago is necessarily going to be in a lot of game scripts like they were last week. Like, you know, they, they could often find themselves behind in games um, and needing to have their pass catching back in the, on the, and it's not like Damian Williams can't run between the tackles too. I mean, he's, he, he has a three down skill set, I think. So um, I, you know, I think that uh, this will probably, when the dust settles, I think I expect it to be like a kind of a 60, 40 split between Williams and Herbert and Williams getting more of the high value touches. So um, I think he's still like on the RB two radar for sure. Um, okay. And then at the wider, you know, one of the big discussions in fantasy is like, is Allen Robinson a good buy low or not? You know, mm-hmm. and um, I guess where I fall on that is, I think he's an okay buy low. I think if like it's just it's a question of how low you can buy him for. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. if you can get him for like wide receiver three price tag, I'd be willing to do that at this point, um, just because we know the talents there. Um, I still have you know. Justin Fields actually has looked pretty good as a passer. Um, mm-hmm. It's just he's not providing the fantasy value because it's so it's so low volume. It's kind of like what we saw with Jameis Winston early in the year, like just not enough passes to do anything. Mm-hmm. And like you said, they're not designing any runs for him, which is incredibly frustrating. Um, so that's holding back Fields' fantasy value. But I do think he's actually made some uh, nice throws, um, especially like deeper down the field kind of throws. Mm-hmm. So I still think there's some possibility for it to click and for Allen Robinson um, to benefit. And, that, you know, I think Allen Robinson could provide wide receiver two value uh, in the second half of the season. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think he's going to be a wide receiver one, you know. So, yeah. Um, so if you have to pay like wide receiver two value to get him i don't think that's worth it you know it's not worth taking on that risk but if you can mm-hmm. get him for like wide receiver three price i'd be willing to do that yeah i can see that i think that i think that makes sense um you know because the, the upside and talent is there it's just like i said it's like there's no game plan <laughs> that's i know and you know it's just i don't know it's just kind of crazy yeah yeah um all yeah. right let's move on arizona at cleveland uh this should be a really fun game too it seems like mm-hmm. um do you think Cleveland will be able to stop Arizona and give them their first loss? <laughs> well, I, I mean, they certainly didn't stop uh, the Chargers last week. <laughs> um, mm. But I do – I don't know. I, I The Cleveland defense really impressed me earlier in the year. I mean, they have a great pass rush, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, a pass rush against Arizona is not necessarily – as valuable as it is against other teams because Kyler Murray loves to escape the pocket and make plays Mm -hmm. with his legs. Uh, So, I mean, they could just be walking into that trap if they send blitzes after, after Kyler Mm -hmm. Murray, you know, I think they need to try to contain him, uh, not let him break off those, those huge runs, you know, because Murray, I mean, the Cardinals are five and zero. they don't have a lot to complain about certainly, but uh, Murray is not, you know, he's slowed down statistically lately. I mean, he, uh, he hasn't been quite 
or you know, first few weeks of the season, he was like the number one quarterback in fantasy, and he's come down to earth a little bit since then. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think he's still like on the cusp of like that top five QBs, but um, but I'm not quite as gung ho about him, you know. Uh, and then their wide receiver situation is just mm-hmm. still so murky and difficult to predict from week right. to week, you know. Yeah. Um, and then like with the running backs, I mean. Anytime Arizona like is out to a lead, it's great news for James Conner. I mean, he's just mm-hmm. become like the number one touchdown vulture in the entire NFL. Uh, <laughs> yes, you know he's like the Jerome Bettis of the 21st century. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but uh, you know, I don't know if this game will play to that game script or not because Cleveland's a good team. They're actually favored by three, um, so maybe it's more of a Chase Edmonds game uh, if he's fully healthy, which is he still mm-hmm. seems a little bit banged up. But um, I don't know. What do you think? I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I was going to ask you because you're the Cleveland fan. Like, what do you, do you think it's just, I feel like per usual kind of, you know, a, a chub and hunt game, or are you excited about any receivers? Um, well, it would have to be would, Beckham if anybody, right? And yeah, it's just, yeah. it's just, uh, he and Baker Mayfield are just not on the same page. I don't know yeah. why I, there's something weird. Like, it's like, I, you know psychologically or something i don't know what it is like mayfield feels pressure to force feed the ball to beckham and it doesn't work and mayfield is better when he can just kind of read the defense and sprinkle the ball around to like eight different receivers you know it just works better for him so uh yeah i don't know i i've i've sort of um I was very excited about Beckham coming into the season. I thought this, I thought they'd be able to resolve the mm-hmm. the problems they had last season, but they really haven't. Um, yeah. So at this point, I think Beckham is just a boomer bust wide receiver three. I can't I can't rank him any higher than that. And at this point, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean those running backs are just the engine of the Cleveland offense. It's, I mean, it's like, yeah, if something goes wrong with them, I think Cleveland's in serious trouble. <laughs> well, you know? uh, yeah, but I don't think anything is going to go wrong with them. They no, have a great no, no, offensive no. line. If one of them got injured, the other one would just be like a top three fantasy back. I mean, yeah, they're that's both true. capable yeah. of being bell cows. It's just, they don't have to be in this team, but um, yeah, I, it's, it's getting to the point where it's like, they're both like RV ones, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. I don't have hunt, quite ranked as an RB1, but it's awfully close. I mean, he's like a yeah. top 15 fantasy back each and every week at this point. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. All right. How about Vegas at Denver? Uh, over uh, under 44, uh, Broncos favored yeah. by three and a half. I'm not super excited about this game. I think it's going to be low scoring. You know, I I think that the, uh, the Raiders, you know, they've had a couple of disappointing games. Um I think Denver Denver's pretty easy. Well, both these teams are easy in the sense that I think it's you, you know how how they how they operate, you know, uh, to a large extent. Um, and you know, Teddy Teddy Bridgewater can get the job done, but it's just um, I don't know. I think this will be low scoring. Maybe maybe yeah. you'll see more of that kind of Denver backfield too. But that's also um, for for fantasy. It's not like you're super excited about either uh, Gordon or Javante Williams just because they've been cannibalizing each other a little bit. Um, yeah, and and I think with with Vegas, you know, it's I think Derek Carr. It's it's Derek Carr. It's it's Waller. Um, and Renfro, but yeah, it's. I don't think it's exciting this week because I think it's going to be a low scoring. And game. Josh Jacobs is like a volume player. Oh, Josh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah so I don't I'm know. With you. Is there something game, we need to like, talk is, about? It's, 
it's like the opposite <laughs> of that Chiefs Washington game. It's like yeah, if, if like you're making a decision in this game, like for, if it's like a tiebreaker, go with the other game. <laughs> you know, yeah, um, yeah. These are both pretty good defenses, particularly Denver. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm curious to see how Vegas response to the whole John Gruden situation. Well, and yeah, whether, that'll be interesting. And whether yeah. um, there's any changes in the usage of the players based on the coaching change. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, my assumption is that there won't be because all the assistant coaches are still there. So it's not like there's an overhaul in the philosophy or anything like that. Uh, but, mm-hmm. like, look at a player like Kenyon Drake. Like, they signed him for $11 million mm-hmm. and they don't even use him. You know, is that going to yeah. change now that John Gruden's gone? I would guess yeah. probably not, but I'll be interested to see. Brian yeah, Edwards, incredibly talented player. <laughs> yeah. You know, I love him. Yeah. They don't care. They don't throw the ball to him ever. And maybe that's just because it's not Derek Carr's um, strength to, uh, mm-hmm. you know, look downfield for big play guys. But, um, you know, if they do, when he does, it's usually rugs, you know. I mean, but. Carr loves to throw to Waller and, and Renfro, and that's probably not going to change with the coaching change, but I'll be interested to see. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's there's some things to watch there um, in Vegas just because uh, of all the turmoil. But uh, for now, I, I'm sort of with you. I think we sort of know what to expect with these teams. Um, mm-hmm. And on the Denver side, yeah, I mean, the running back situation is still a, a, a very even split between the two. Um mm-hmm. Melvin Gordon actually has the he, the higher the heavier portion of that split right now, um, yeah. but of course Javante Williams he's played very well when given the opportunity and um, it's I don't know it's a very open question whether there's mm-hmm. a point in the season where they kind of hand the the lead duties over to him or if they're content to just sort of ride Gordon yeah. out in his final year with the team and then let yeah. Javante take control next season. Yeah, we shall see. Yeah. All right, uh, Dallas at New England. Mm-hmm. This one's got a surprisingly high over under. I mean, I, I guess that's say, just because Dallas is such I, a juggernaut. But I'm surprised about that as well. I because I, I don't really see New England as just this team that kind of shoots it out and has high scoring. No, and they're good defense, and Dallas yeah. is an improved defense. So <laughs> yes, I like that we're totally on the same page about over and unders this, this week. I know we should we should play some bets. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. So for those listening at home, the over under is fifty one and a half in this game. So that is yeah. pretty big. Uh, Dallas favored uh-huh. by three and a half. Um, you know, the the Cowboys. Uh, you can't really complain if you've got um, these guys on your team, but mm-hmm. uh, it hasn't really. It's, been it's not quite explosive. been like it was early last season with Dak yeah. Prescott. I mean, they don't have to throw the ball as much this year. I mean, because their defense is improved. Um, so the pass volume has been way down uh, for Dak Prescott, which I think also lowers the upside a little bit for Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb, even with Michael Gallup out. You know, mm-hmm. I think they're both kind of wide receiver twos right now, uh, whereas like mm-hmm. coming into the year thinking that, that – Dak might be playing YOLO ball uh, like he did last season. You were thinking maybe they could both be low-end wide receiver ones, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't really see that happening right now. I mean, especially with Dalton Schultz's emergence, too. It's kind of – there's just not enough balls to go around uh, for everybody to put up their fantasy ceilings each week, you know. Um, But, you know, Cooper and Lamb are still every week fantasy starters. Mm -hmm. Dak is still a a top – 10 quarterback I'd say but maybe 
closer to the backside of that top 10 at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is not a great matchup. I mean, the Patriots are a very strong defense. Um, and so, yeah, I, I would I would lean towards the under here. Um, I do, lo- of course, think Ezekiel Elliott is just an unstoppable force at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, top yeah. five. He's back in my top five fantasy backs, um, both for this week and for the entire season. Uh, you can check out our rest of season rankings at rosrankings.com. Dot com. Yeah. Ding. <laughs> I did want to also mention on the New England side, it sounds like uh, Damian Harris is trending towards missing this game. Oh, is oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, which is intriguing because huh. uh, Ramondre Stevenson, mm-hmm. you know, I've talked about him. Um, mm-hmm. I think this could be his coming out party if Harris is actually out. Uh, you know, I could see Stevenson having a very big game. Uh, And then it becomes a question going forward. Does Harris get his job back? You know, Um, so. Ooh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I think that's really, I think that's in play here. Okay. Um, Okay. I've told you, I've had these premonitions of like 150 (laughs) yard, two touchdown Ramondre (laughs) Stevenson game happening at some point this season. Maybe Hmm. this is the week. Well, maybe in my in my team where I am doing very badly, maybe I should just throw in Stevenson as just just as just like I have nothing to lose at this point. You think I should put him in this week? Well, who who would it be over? <laughs> mm, actually, I don't actually. I don't know. I'd have to look and see, but I'm kind of at that point with this. Whatever. This is not about fantasy and our fantasy teams, but. Maybe no I one cares consider, about uh, your fantasy team, Lauren. <laughs> I know. But I'm like, oh, wait a minute. But I have Stevenson, and maybe he'll go off, and I need help right now. Do I just take that, like, kind of, what the hey, you know, like, just throw him in? I mean, it's, um, a, ri- it's a little risky, obviously, because of Bill Belichick. We just never know mm-hmm. exactly what he's going to do. But uh, tentatively, I would say if Harris is out, I'll probably have Stevenson ranked, like, it, as maybe a, a border, like a low-end RB2. Because I, I think it's okay. like you balance out the upside that yeah. he has with the risk, you know. Um, it's yeah. like he has a wide range of possibilities. But I, I yeah, I, I would probably, I'll probably start him in one league um, if Harris is out over. Uh, well, if McCaffrey is out, I want to play McCaffrey. But if he's out, then uh, I may have to start Stevenson over a guy like Naheem I guess Hines it, or something like that. Yeah, well, it's interesting because we were just talking about this and it was brought up in our podcast. So it would have been, it would be over like Javon, Javante uh, Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, I would probably, honestly, I, it's a little risky, but I would probably do that. if, uh, yeah. if Especially if I'm like an underdog uh, in my matchup. Mm-hmm. I, I just, mm-hmm. I... I like the upside. But let's also keep an ear out for more reports out of New England. Maybe yeah. we'll figure yes. out a little bit more what this team has planned, although Bill Belichick never reveals anything. So no. that's that's probably a false hope. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, we'll see. And, and we'll have to get back to you. And I'll let you know if I played them. Yeah. I think that's really yeah. the only particularly interesting thing going on on the New England side. I do think yeah. Hunter Henry has kind of emerged a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Jacoby Myers, you know, always good bet to catch a bunch of passes and not score a touchdown. Mm-hmm. You know, the huge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the huge. All, yeah. right. <laughs> All right. How about Seattle at Pittsburgh? This is the Sunday night game. Mm-hmm. Um, we get to see the Geno Smith era yeah. fully blossom 
Uh, yes. I, how I much guess. do you think? Do you think there's a, a like a big downgrade? Like how much of the downgrade do you think there is with him? I think there's a pretty sizable one. I I, I personally Listen. think the downgrade is bigger for Tyler Lockett than it is mm. for DK Metcalf. Um, yeah. Just because um, these less experienced. I mean, not that Geno Smith is less experienced. He's been in the league a long time. But you know these these quarterbacks who uh, haven't played as many snaps and uh, are you know have been holding a clipboard for the last five years. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. I think they tend to throw to their first read more often. Uh, and I think Metcalf will be the first read on a lot of plays. And I think he's like, he's also a really physical receiver. So it's kind of like you can throw into coverage with him and he'll, he'll make the play, you know? So mm-hmm. um, I kind of feel yeah. like Smith might lean on Metcalf more. Whereas Lockett is like, that's he's the big play guy down deep down the field I don't I just don't know I mean Russell Wilson is probably the best quarterback in the entire league at like throwing the deep ball with pinpoint accuracy and I don't know if Geno Smith is going to be able to do that kind of a thing Mm -hmm. so um so Lockett is kind of a fade for me at this point although to be fair I I was down on him to begin the year as well so um maybe that's just confirmation bias yeah yeah I mean it'll be interesting because I think um you know, Seattle's backfield is also a little bit shaky right yeah. now. And so I don't know that there's a lot of, I feel like they may be turning to the air a little bit more anyway. Um, just because I, I mean, what's, what's, what's the latest with their backfield? I mean, Chris Carson, um, Pete Carroll said yesterday that, uh, so Chris Carson did not practice yesterday. He's, yeah. he's dealing with a neck injury, um, that has been bothering him for at least, um, since the beginning of the season, if not longer. Um, but it's apparently not a football injury. It's like an injury he got from weightlifting or something. But mm. uh, they are saying uh, – P. Carroll said he he's hoping or he's expecting that Carson will return to practice today, Thursday. So uh, we'll have to keep an eye on that. Okay. Um, you know, if Carson gets in limited practices today and, and tomorrow, then I think there's a pretty decent chance he'll return to the lineup. Honestly, from a fantasy perspective, if you have both Carson and Alex Collins, you might rather he just sit out because mm-hmm. um, I think I'd feel more confident playing Collins if Carson is out than I will playing Carson if he plays, uh, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Because yep, yep. I, I just think with Carson not fully healthy, then I think you might see a pretty even split between the two of them. Okay. Yeah. And then what, it, what are, you, uh, are you looking for anything with Pittsburgh? Any. Any any things we should be looking out for? Do we like Pittsburgh? Is I mean, I, I really Pittsburgh? like Nah. I really like Najee Harris this week. Um, yeah. Seattle is a pretty bad run defense. They are. Let me see. Third, they've given up the third most adjusted fantasy points to running backs this season. So, mm, okay. uh, I mean, granted, Pittsburgh really. I, I think I mentioned last week they're last in the NFL in rushing yards. Uh, mm-hmm. um, at least going into last week, they were so. Uh, they're not a great running game. I mean, a lot of Najee Harris's value comes as a as a receiver out of the backfield, but um, but still, I just uh, that Seattle defense is not very good. So um, I think Najee Harris is uh, a pretty good play this week. I think I have him actually as um, my RB six for the week, which is the highest I've okay. had him so far this yeah. season. Um, yeah. So I'm excited about him. Uh, you know, in terms of the Steelers' passing game, uh, I mean, Roethlisberger definitely had his best game of the season last week. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if he can kind of keep that going for a little while. I would tend to doubt it. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, again, this is like a pretty exploitable matchup overall. So uh, I don't have a problem rolling out Deontay Johnson as like a wide receiver too. Chase Claypool, actually, I really like. Um, he uh, seems to really be uh, emerging. Uh, and I think with Juju Smith-Schuster mm-hmm. out for the season, that that, that only points um, the arrow up further for Claypool. So right. um, I actually, now I'm looking at my rankings, I actually have... Deontay Johnson as my wide receiver 12 and Chase Claypool as my wide receiver 13. So I'm actually okay. pretty bullish right now. I'll have to think if I'm going to stick with that, but I'm pretty bullish on the Pittsburgh offense in this matchup. Interesting. Yeah. Um, okay. Maybe yeah. I'm, maybe that's crazy because the over-under on this game is low. It's 42 and I mean, a half. I was just th- – well, that's what I was just thinking about while I was – okay. I mean, Pittsburgh is favored by five. So if you look at, like, implied point total, um, they're not so low down, but um, – they're not high up either, though. I don't know. Right. It's kind of they're kind of yeah. middle of the pack. So, um, I don't know. I I just feel like I feel like right now with this offense, it's it's funneling all through uh like a, a, a few players. It's kind of like the Minnesota situation. You know what I mean? Where it's like mm-hmm. it's just like when Cook's healthy, it's Cook, it's Jefferson, it's Thielen. Like I feel <laughs> like with Pittsburgh, it might just be Najee, Claypool, and Deontay. You know, I, like, yeah, I'm I not, I'm not pop. like, I'm not really buying into like James Washington or Ray Ray no. in the cloud or anything like that. So, and they don't, their tight ends are kind of an afterthought right yeah. now. Maybe that changes no. with Juju out, but I, I just think we're, it's going to be more Deontay and Claypool. Okay. We shall see. Yeah. I'm not actually, it's, it's a Sunday night game. I'm not super excited about this one, <laughs> but I think it might there be are a, interesting things to look at. It might be an interesting, though. it might be a, 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 a competitive game. Um, but yeah, yeah I, like it's, it might not be yeah. fireworks. We'll see. I'm, yeah. I'm thinking Pittsburgh. All right. Okay. Uh, Monday night, Buffalo mm-hmm. at Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I mean, the bills are just unstoppable right now and yeah. that Tennessee defense is bad. So, uh, gosh, I mean, Josh Allen top QB of the week or maybe, you know, yeah, right I there with so. Mahomes, I think. Yep. Um, uh, Stefan Diggs has been a little bit disappointing this season, but I really love him in this matchup. I've got him as my wide receiver three for the week. Hmm. Um, you know, I think Emmanuel Sanders is in play. Uh, Dawson Knox, of course. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, again, with tight end the way it is, he's like, he's like, uh, you know, right up there around like tight end six now <laughs> for me. Uh, no, I know. I mean, I have him as tight end four this week. Wow. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, he's just been on fire. It's like one of these things. It's just like, I mean, I, I don't know if he just kind of continues to roll with this, but, you know, he leads the team in touchdowns. Like Josh Allen is just targeting him and yeah. I, you just have to continue to roll with it. It's just... I guess I don't really That's have just a how it's bad, going. I don't really have an argument against putting him at tight end four. I, my tight end four right now is Mike Gesicki. So <laughs> yeah, he's my six. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's kind of a mess at tight end after yeah. after Kelsey Andrews and Waller right now. I mm-hmm. mean Hawkinson hopefully once he's healthy uh, gets back mm-hmm. in there. But um, yeah, yeah. I don't. I mean, what do you think about Tennessee though? I mean, I feel like. I have talked about this a little bit. I, I feel like I have like a lowercase p panic button regarding Tannehill. I feel like this this is another team that in a lot of ways just hasn't gotten going. It's like Arthur Smith left and it like he like took their soul, their football soul or something. <laughs> I feel like well, it's Derrick Henry's been just fine. Uh, well Derrick Henry, yeah, I mean but I, I you know, you haven't really seen kind of a, a big impact with, with Julio Jones. Of course, you know, he's He's been out some games. I think I think he's back this week, though. Is that right? 
or trending yeah, towards. Yeah, I think he will be back this week. Yeah. This week, but it's he hasn't really been, you know, kind of been and made an impact yet. Um, I don't know. I'm. I don't. I'm I, I mean, less outside panicked of Derek about Henry. it than you are. Uh, I know. I, oh, I think okay. a lot of it has to do with, um, with the schedule. I mean, they yeah. they, they just like they haven't really played against um, good offenses matchups Um, yeah like their last three weeks they played indianapolis the jets and the jaguars i mean none of those teams Mm. are going to score enough points to really um force tennessee into passing the ball you know and i think i think the titans are a team that like if they can just pound derrick henry they'll pound derrick henry but i mean the these next two weeks they get buffalo and kansas city and then (laughs) You know, so like if like they're gonna have to throw against those teams. Like I don't see a way around it. Yeah. Now, now Buffalo has the best pass defense in the league, so I don't actually think this is a great matchup um, for Ryan Tannehill or AJ Brown or Julio Jones. I, I would, I could easily see it being another disappointing week, but I would try to buy them low after this week. I feel like. After another bad game, people I, – I wouldn't be surprised if Tannehill has a bad game. I wouldn't be surprised to see him get dropped uh, in a lot of leagues, yeah. uh, single QB leagues after this week. I wouldn't be surprised to see Julio Jones get dropped if he comes back and has a dud. Um, mm-hmm. A.J. Brown won't get dropped, but he could be acquired cheaply. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I'm, I'm still buying into Tennessee for the second half of the season. I think that they can okay. get back on track. Uh-huh. I hope so. I, you know, I like I like them. I like a lot of these players. You know, so I hope yeah. so. But but yeah. but not against Buffalo. I mean, no. this team just shut down <laughs> Mahomes. You know, yeah. if they can shut down Mahomes, they can shut down Tannehill. So yeah, um, you know, it's I still love Der- Derrick Henry is the number one running back every week right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but beyond that, I mean, you know, if you have AJ Brown, you probably have to play him. But this is not a week where I expect fireworks from him. Yeah. And then what about on the Buffalo side? I mean, the running back situation for Buffalo. I mean, Zach Moss I, seems to be really uh, taking control of this Taking backfield. over. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And that, I agree. I, I mean, and he's someone that's just been moving up both of our ranks, you know, on a yeah. weekly basis. So, yeah. 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 I mean, and he's actually, you know, he's been getting involved in the passing game, which is mm-hmm. a big thing uh, in my opinion because – he was already the better between the tackles runner, but it seemed like Singletary was more of the passing down back, and that's mm-hmm. significant with Buffalo because they're kind of a pass first team. Um, right. But now Moss seems to be even taking that role away from Singletary lately. So uh, I think he's pushing into every week RB two uh, and maybe even a high end RB two um, at this point. Yeah, I agree with that because I mean the the upside is there. I mean it's the Buffalo offense, so he's get a little extra oomph, you know, with mm-hmm. with Moss. So I agree, which is it's something that is completely opposite of what you know we started out this season saying. It's like you don't want to invest in in, in that Buffalo backfield, but uh, the way they're using Zach Moss, um, you know, that's just not the case anymore. So yeah, I mean you can live with yeah. a few. I mean they score so many touchdowns, like even. If Josh Allen might vulture one at the goal line, like there might be one mm. left over for Moss too. <laughs> yeah. <know? laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. I think that about wraps up for this week. I'm very excited to see uh, how these games play out. Um, <laughs> Me too. Yeah. And uh, please do check out uh, rosrankings.com uh, for our updated rest of season rankings. Uh, Lauren and I will also um, have a our start set articles up there by the end of the week. 
Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Andrew underscore Seifter. And you can follow me at LK Auerbach. And as always, if you can rate, review, like, subscribe, all that fun stuff, ring the bell. I don't know if, if there's bells to be rung, but uh, if you can do any of that stuff, uh, we greatly appreciate it. Um, and thank you in advance. Thank you for listening. And good luck, everybody, in week six. See ya. You've been listening to the Rest of Season Rankings Podcast. Go to www.rosrankings.com for more.